0: Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built podcast. And I have Heather Dominic with me today. Hi, Heather. How are you?
1: Hi, Jamie. I'm great. I'm so looking forward to our conversation.
0: Yes, me too. Well, I'm going to introduce you because um, I'm excited, especially if I was reading through this. I'm like, oh my goodness, got some big names in here. Okay. So, Heather Dominic is a woman who is impressively successful and highly sensitive, a former high school drama teacher who collaborated with none other than Bette Midler. A graduate of NYU, where she received her first coach training, Heather is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award winning virtual event, uh, A Course in Business Miracles 21-Day Discovery Series, that attracted close to 6,000 people from all around the world, Iceland, Nigeria, Russia, Asia, South America, Australia, I think everyone. So like every continent here, can we just say that? Okay. (laughs) Okay. except for Antarctica, I did not, anyone from Antarctica? Co? No. No. Okay, just she has appeared on Lifetime television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success, alongside the one and only Deepak Chopra. An exceptional facilitator and teacher, Heather is known for creating a safe, sacred environment for true transformation, whether delivering training online or in person. Since 2010, Heather has taught thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders from around the globe how to release lifelong limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and develop new leadership skills in order to excel in business and life by doing things differently to create more impact and more income. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm excited to have you on. I I love the whole Deepak thing, Bette Midler. I mean, all these things are just confirming, um, you know, what you've done and things like that. So my first question, because I have people ask, like, how do you start your day? And I feel like something's just telling me that you have a set way to start your day and open the day would you be willing to share that with us yes i love that
1: intuitive uh sense and question you're absolutely right i do have a set way of starting the day um i always like to say that i really need the space to readjust to this world (laughs) Each day. Um, So, one absolutely non negotiable is what I refer to and teach um, in my highly sensitive leadership training programs called energy management. Mm -hmm. And the way that I teach energy management is really about putting pen Mm -hmm. to paper and is a process and specific tools that help us who are highly sensitive really be able to be ahead of our nervous system so that is again a non-negotiable in terms of how i start my day it always includes some form of pen to paper and energy management to again, be prepared for what's going to be coming. Um, and then I also really like to get outside and move my body for the beginning of the day. So there's usually always a walk um, in Central Park, uh, which is near where I live in, in Manhattan and New York City. So those two combined, right? Like the energetical and then the physical.
0: Oh, I love that. And it's a nice combination because it's that mental workout in space. Yes. In addition to the movement with your body and yes. things started and being reintroducing yourself to this world. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Especially when you come out of a dream, like the other night I had a dream about spiders. I don't even want to talk about it. I, I don't know about anyone listening. I just can't, I'm fine with snakes, rats, mice eh, on the edge, but they are furry and cute, but spiders <laughs> there's like, why do they have so many legs? Mm. who needs that many legs so yeah. yeah there was a dream about spiders and woke up and it took me you know to reorient myself right. But just in general for us humans to come out of our snarf phase as i call it it's absolutely right
1: Absolutely. And it's a privilege um, that I'm really, really keenly aware of and how I have been able to create my life now to be able to accommodate that need. Right. And set that space and pace. I think back to days when I was a classroom teacher and one of my, you know, one of my teaching positions had me on a train at six 40 in the morning. And I, I just was not even awake, let alone in my body. And I, I, I just will never have never forgotten what that visceral experience is like versus what I am again, privileged and have built for myself to be able to start my day in a way that really works for me now.
0: Yeah. That's a hard pass. 640 mm-hmm. in the morning. That's just not happening. Mm. Mm.
1: And that included then being on a subway at 620 so that I could catch that train at 640 in the midst of Penn Station, which was like a bustling city already by that time. And it did not know that I was a highly sensitive person. Um, But wow, that did not work for my nervous system at all.
0: Yeah, no. And whoever it does work for, God love you. I just, not so much. Mm. That's not happening. Right. So let's talk about, a highly sensitive HSP is what the term I've seen highly sensitive person that's right that'd be correct so if someone's listening now and they're like "Hmm, I wonder if I'm a highly sensitive person how would you describe it that person. so what I would describe
1: it is really based on the research where the definition and terminology of highly sensitive person comes from and that is primarily from research from the mid-1990s. There's a lot of psychologists who have participated in this research. There's one woman who's known in particular. Her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron. She's known in particular because she wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. The research uh, speaks to the highly sensitive nature in in the way that describes that your nervous system, if you're a person who's highly sensitive, your nervous system is wired to t- take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who is not highly sensitive. So that stimulation will come in via any of the six senses. So for example, you will have a greater response or reaction say to sound or touch or smell, could also be just information and energy. And also the research really highlights that there are 20% of us in the world who are highly sensitive. So there's, you know, uh, a difference in degree and, and percentage between those who are not highly sensitive and those who are. One of the things that I always like to say, again, based on the research is that you are born into the world this way. So it's not something that your parents did to you and you didn't pick it up on the playground in kindergarten. And it's not because of that weird purple drink that you had in college. You were born into the world highly sensitive.
0: This means you don't have cooties. It means
1: you don't have cooties, but it does mean that you process the world differently. And also, again, in my language, when you are untrained as a person who's highly sensitive, it can be a very destabilizing be, you know discombobulating and uh and, and really uncomfortable experience to have that consistent sense of being overstimulated um but it is trainable and it is workable and you can absolutely have your sensitivities work for you rather than against you
0: okay because so i know we talked about a little about energy management how did how did you know like how do most people find out but i want to find out how you knew okay I must be a highly sensitive person. Like what, what did that look like for you?
1: I had a complete crash. So I've been self-employed for about 20 years. It'll be 20 years next year, actually. And I had been self-employed for about eight years at that time. And I had really been like, you know, Following all the programs and doing all the coaching and attending all the business trainings and working, 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 working. And now I understand that I was really operating from what I've come to refer to as one of the coping mechanisms, which is a pushing, a pushing, coping mechanism. So I had created externally and what looked really great in paper, i brought my business across the million dollar mark for the first time. And I completely had like a mental, emotional and spiritual breakdown as a result. In hindsight, I can definitely look back and say like, oh, that was a dark night of the soul. And I really went into like a very deep, dark place of questioning everything that I was doing and if this is what it means to be successful as a person who's self-employed then I don't know if I can do it and if I don't do this and what am I going to do and I don't want to go back to t-la-la-la la, la. and that deep uh, space of inquiry led me to Dr. Elaine Aaron and at that time, I had never even heard the phrase highly sensitive, let alone I didn't know what it meant. And when I first heard about what it meant to be highly sensitive, or I should say I first heard the phrase, I was like, "Ugh, oh, no like, really, like, one more thing, like, just, that, like, ugh, like, just, I'm going to have to manage, oh, and I just, and yet, when I started to really understand what it meant, there was a light bulb that went off, and I really started to have the realization of, I was really meant to go about things in a very, very different way, because my nervous system is highly sensitive, and so, that's how I discovered that I was, and that was really the, uh, the shift in the turning point for myself.
0: Sure, it's almost a realization of a truth. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it those happens. are hard. I mean, they're usually are. Yes. Where you're like, oh, you. damn it. <laughs> you know, like, I guess I am, you just, okay, what does this mean mm-hmm. in processing and things like that? That's right. Um, so there's multiple coping mechanisms. Is that for an HSP? Like how would someone know that they're HSP besides that, what you're describing, but there's multiple coping mechanisms to deal with the world that's go, go, go 24 seven, social media. I mean, it's a lot of noise and it's more noise for someone who's an HSP. And especially as an entrepreneur, there's no set hours. I mean, you know, as well as I do, and anyone listening is an entrepreneur. There's no set hours that you work. Yes. You determine, I love people who are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'll pick my hours. yes all of them all of them so everyone that you have you'll be thinking about your business which is now like your baby and it needs food and it cries and you can't not give it food so that's the romanticism around entrepreneurship
1: absolutely
0: as an hsp i feel like you're running your business a little differently
1: absolutely for sure well first i'll speak to the coping mechanisms because you know i'll say that in uh, a lot of the work out there that has emerged, especially in the, the decade plus that I've been mentoring other highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, a lot of the support for HSPs is about how to cope, but the work that I do for entrepreneurs and leaders actually is about how to go beyond coping and into creating for all of the reasons that you just said. So in my work and my personal research, I have identified what I refer to as three primary coping mechanisms for HSEs or highly sensitive entrepreneurs. There's the coping mechanism of pushing, which I was just describing from my own story. There's the coping mechanism of hiding. And then there's the coping mechanism of what I refer to as combo plattering. So in real short, the coping mechanism of pushing is you will get done what somebody who's not highly sensitive or i like to refer to them as the other 80% you will get done what the other 80% gets done but it will come at a much higher cost for you typically in the arenas of health and or relationships if you default to the coping mechanism of hiding you tend to find a way to do anything and everything, but what actually needs to get done. It's a way of overprotecting from a a very um, common experience for us highly sensitives that the research shows, which is that fear of not even just overwhelm, but the fear of the possibility of overwhelm. So someone who defaults to the coping mechanism of hiding They're the person that does everything for everybody else, right? So they're the person who like, they'll, they'll mow the neighbor's lawn. They'll, you know, walk the neighbor's dog. They'll get the, do the dishes and the laundry and um, pick the kids up and then pick the neighbor's kids up and then pick the neighbor's neighbor's kids up all at the end of the day, super, super busy. And, or they might have like the most beautiful website and like the amazing, you know, program materials. But when it comes to like what actually needs to get crossed in terms of that line, to move the business forward that ends up unconsciously going on the back burner and then you have the coping mechanism of combo plattering and that's what I like to refer to as the highly sensitive definition of insanity because you will flip flop back and forth between pushing and hiding and pushing and hiding and pushing and hiding. And you constantly feel like you have the foot on the gas and then the foot on the brake and like, it's just literally crazy making. And you can start to feel like you're crazy. So what we do in the Highly Sensitive Leadership Training Programs is, again, to first identify those coping mechanisms, and then to identify what needs to be put in place to begin to go beyond the coping. And again, into that highly sensitive strength space of creating, because as highly sensitive, we are extremely creative, which is one of the abilities or traits that allows us to actually really be successful entrepreneurs and successful leaders. But again, we have to go beyond those coping mechanisms in order to be able to really access that strength space.
0: Yeah. And be in that space of being creative instead of, as you said, coping or, or overwhelm or chaos. That's right. That's right.
1: And there's nothing wrong with coping. I always really like to emphasize that. Um, and we've developed those coping mechanisms to be able to exist in our world again, you know, which is designed primarily for those who are not highly sensitive, it's, you know, 80 versus 20, yet if you're interested in really being a successful highly sensitive entrepreneur or and or leader um, we have to learn how to 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 go beyond that coping and it's not for everyone right for some highly sensitives being able to develop a sense of coping is very success oriented and is very supportive but again if it's about being self-employed as you were you know so beautifully saying we need a different set of skills.
0: Yeah. Because the opportunity cost there, it's so much greater. I mean, and also too, you can only push for so long. And that's, right. that's where the combo plattering comes out because you're pushing so much and then you go in hiding and then you push in hiding. I mean, and in essence, we're doing it because it has served us in some form in the past. I exactly. say. But exactly. was just not sustainable. I mean, I, it's so funny. You tell your story. I mean, I had a million in a business, but in the process, I got to, adrenal fatigue stage two. So I was just toast. Like people would be talking to me. I don't know if if you have experienced that at all. Nothing, no, no processing. Like I wore sunglasses 24 seven because my eyes wouldn't dilate properly. I was so burnt out, but I was serving everyone driving around anything anyone needed, whatever they needed. Right. And then your body's just like, yeah, enough is enough. Right. We're done. We're done. We're <laughs> shutting you down. Like you don't get to do anything anymore. That's you true. just get to sleep. Yeah. Which is a total bummer. If you're not planning for that, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How life, like your body just kind of decides like your brain's like, we can keep pushing because this has served us in the past. And we're trying to hit this performance goal that whoever we've set in our own mind and your body's like, um, that is so cute and shut down.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. We
0: don't need to get there. Right. We don't. Exactly. Need to
1: get there. That's what I was just going to say is that, you know, being that that also was my experience is that, you know um, everything that I've designed in the training programs is so that doesn't need to happen for other highly sensitives.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, you said like, there's this really great uh, you know and I'm thinking I'm going to human design I don't know if you're familiar with human I design. am yes I'm I'm guessing in my mind what that you are but do you what is your profile you know yeah.
1: I forget the names of them but I'll tell you what I do know is that like it's something super unique that hardly anyone is so mental um, projector um uh, that doesn't I'm okay. like, I'm dying to like go to the book. I know. Well, after this,
0: I'm like, I should <laughs> have asked you beforehand because I always liked to. because the ones that are rare, like I'm a manifestor. That's one of the rare ones. And then also projector is a rare one. I'm not definitely no to generate or definitely no to manifest and generate. They have that sacral energy. That's just burn, burn, burn. They're like the worker bees of the world. Yeah. Amazing. I it is after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at sleeping. Um, So Um, Let's talk about how highly sensitive, what are some things, because they're so so creative, what are some things that you have done so that you can get in that creative space? Because we're talking about these coping mechanisms, but what have you done that has really served you? In your business.
1: Yeah, yeah, such a great question. So again, that morning ritual um, is really, really key. Uh, absolutely, and from there, it's um, you know various uh, tools and techniques to really hone what I refer to as the highly sensitive strengths. So there's uh, a top twelve strengths that I've identified that we really possess as highly sensitive, and then also top 12 shadows. So I've really um, put so much in place to support honing some of the specific strengths that really allow me to be able to be in a business, run a business that much more effortlessly. Uh, Intuition is absolutely uh, one of the top strengths that I've really learned to work by, and then also the strength of empathy. And then I would say very much the strengths of uh, deep listening and deep thinking and deep feeling. But the intuition is really uh, top, top, top. And um, years ago, after I had learned that I was highly sensitive and I had really started doing things in my business differently, everything from like marketing to selling to operations, I would go to like those business trainings that contributed to like my crash and burn and dark night of the soul earlier. I would just allow myself to kind of like gather the info and then I would go home and I would go through this entire intuitive process process of like what I was meant to like really be working with and I created it into what I would refer to for myself as intuitive planning and I kept it like super secret and quiet for the longest time. And then probably about five years ago, um, I was leading a, a group of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and I was going to do a planning day for the first time. And it went back and forth between my head and my heart, or my heart was like, you are going to teach intuitive planning. And my head was, no, you will not. They are going to think you are crazy. Absolutely not. Yes, you're going to. I went back and forth literally until like the morning of that day and my head had won out and I was like, Oh, you're We're just going to do like a standard day of planning. And I took to the front of the room and it was literally like my heart just took over. And since that day, I now teach intuitive planning. Um, And it's something that I lead the members of the Business Miracles community through every four months, especially as part of these exceptional times that we've been living in to be able to learn how to plan and lead from the power of the heart. So I would say that is again, tip, tip, top in terms of how I enter into that creative space and really use that strength of creativity partnered with that strength of intuition to actually support something that's more practical and implementable from that planning perspective.
0: Yeah. Doing a check-in with your intuition, check-in with your heart. You know sometimes even like when i'm collaborating with other people in fact i was doing it this morning many amazing, amazing session with another collaborator and um sometimes i'm just like can you just give me one moment what you just said and sometimes this this hones me in because yes. chakra in the hand uh, right. you can't see this i have my sh- my hand over my heart chakra in your hand feels so good to put against your heart and then i can drop in a little bit more and kind of do a check-in is how does that feel what she just said? Okay, right. So, and then you have this moment and like, okay, this feels good or something is, this is good, but then there's 20% that doesn't feel good about this. So let's talk about what that is and what that could be. And she's like, I felt the same way and so back and forth, but really it's it's almost the pause. It's the space.
1: Yes, and I would say it's literally the opposite of the pushing mechanism. Right. So, and I love the hand to the heart because I actually do that and lead the business miracles community members with that all the time. And what I'll tell you too, is that from a neuroscience perspective, putting your hand on your heart is literally calms the nervous system Hmm. and it gives you access to the amygdala, which is that like, You know, creative solution space within the brain. Um, So that makes so much sense that that's what you're doing.
0: Okay, everyone, you have big decisions. Pop that hand over your heart. Absolutely. I lead
1: members in this all the time. And it's literally just part of what we do on a week to week, day by day basis. But it's also really easy to do out in public, right? Like if you're a person who's highly sensitive and perhaps you work with people who are not highly sensitive. Those are your clients, for example. I have a lot of highly sensitive leaders who serve clients who are not highly sensitive. You can put your hand on your heart and, and everyone's on to be like, oh my gosh, you know, what's she doing? Um, it's just, you know, it's just kind of natural time. You know what's happening. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, a really powerful, so simple, but super profound in its effect.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Um- the other piece that the word self-compassion popped in when you talked about empathy, mm-hmm. because if you're 20% and the rest of the world, obviously is 80% is that you're going to be different from other people. And to not compare yourself to the worker bees of the world, go, 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 golden retrievers running around. I would me. say that's the biggest hurdle.
1: Like it's definitely something that I had to manage. And I would say it's the biggest hurdle for those that I mentor is that self-compassion and then also self-confidence to develop that so keenly and so intentionally that you are willing to be able to follow, say, that guidance of the heart or your intuition, especially when, and definitely when, it what you're being guided to looks so different than what the majority of other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it is the biggest hurdle because One, we've been socialized, right, is that everyone needs to be doing exactly the same thing all the time in order to be able to fit in, to be liked, to be loved. And because of that, most highly sensitives have had some type of traumatic experience in their background of really being called out or named or even just feeling so othered right feeling so different whether that's in family of origin or experience in school or perhaps like other work environments that it is an emotional and mental and spiritual hurdle to overcome and enter into that space of self compassion and self confidence so that you can really you know be like in this beautiful flow space of working from your strengths but you do have to be willing to do things differently and to Give yourself permission and have that be okay.
0: I almost feel like then that yes, the unique this is the self confidence because that you you are unique and different, and that they probably make the best entrepreneurs. And here's why. I,
1: right. Totally. Yes.
0: It's yes. That they look at things in a different way. They slow down to reflect on it. It right. may look like it takes forever for them to make a decision, but they, when they make a decision, it's definitive, and they've thought of all every corners of the space. They've completed the puzzle, and then they're making the decision. And that, as an entrepreneur, to um, really leverage and be creative, and to really, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, I'm trying to go at, is you need to look at things differently than the masses. Yes, absolutely. That is
1: it. So if you can enter into that space and give yourself, again, the permission to operate from that space consistently, you know, first of all, everything becomes that much easier. That's why I always talk about less effort. And then the other piece that I'll speak to is that one of our top 12 strengths is also a deep belief in justice. So we tend to have a high element of service and integrity, so, when you combine those together, then you really do make an amazing service based entrepreneur. And that leads to what I always say following the less effort, which is more impact and more income. And that key in the middle of the more impact like that's what motivates most of us who are highly sensitive to be self-employed because we have this calling right it's like we know we have some kind of gift or again, strengths to be able to offer and bring to the world. and We feel like that's what we're really supposed to be doing. But then all those shadows and those coping mechanisms get in the way, but wow, so rewarding when you're able to like clear away the shadows, shift the coping mechanisms into creating and be in this space where you're like, yeah, this is what I'm here to do. And I'm really making a positive difference and impact on other people. And I'm getting well compensated for it. Like, yes. You know, heaven on earth, that's what I've been brought here for, good, go, go, go. So, you know, when you've got that, it's that's just really like just the most beautiful space to be in.
0: Okay, let's do that then. Yes, yes right, <laughs> let's do that. Let's do yeah. that. Yes. Well, yeah. I'd love to know how people can find you, how they can work with you, because that sounds great. And anyone is listening who thinks they're an inkling of an HSP, highly sensitive person, Or is like, I wonder, could they even have a phone call with you to see if they are? Is this something? Well, what
1: I would really recommend is if you're thinking like, oh, I'm not sure, then I would definitely say we we have available what we refer to as the HSE quiz. And you can take that online. It's really not a quiz. You're not gonna fail. Um, You will just go through an assessment that will help you understand if you are somewhat of an HSE or if you're a super HSE, or if you're like me and you're a super Uber HSE. And then depending on where you fall, somewhat super, super Uber, uh, you'll receive a success guide that will help you with those first steps. So I would definitely recommend that. And you can find that at just hsequiz.com. And that's a great way to know and a great way to get started.
0: Okay. And we'll put those in the show notes too. We'll have her put that uh, because that might be a great place to start. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. So how else can people find you? Yes. So other
1: than that, um, businessmiracles.com, you'll find other resources there and, you know, opportunities to get in touch if you choose, if you want to stay connected, you know, via email or social or uh, whatever works best for you, businessmiracles.com.
0: Okay, great, and do you do one-on-one in group or one-on-one, What does that look like?
1: Yes, so we have in the highly sensitive leadership training programs, um, it's community-based because one of the things that I've really found in my practical research um, in the 10 plus years that I've been doing this is that as highly sensitive, when we're in our shadows or coping mechanisms, we tend to default to isolation. Yet when we're in aligned community, Uh, that's really where acceleration takes place. So community is really one of our success pillars and we're a beautiful community of other highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, literally from around the world. And then you can choose options for one-on-one support within that community, if that's something uh, that speaks to you. But again, that community is, uh, wow, it's just such a secret ingredient because it goes back to that being othered right? So, so many highly sensitive, when they enter into the community, they're just like, oh my gosh, like I've just never experienced anything like this to be in this space where other people are like me and get me, right? So in the Business Miracles community, the 20% becomes the 100%. You
0: don't feel like you're alone. I know isolation can also be a um, trauma response. Absolutely. Exactly. That's Especially right. if you had to figure things out a lot as a kid on your own. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so that's, so right. I, that's um, I'm so glad you made that community because I know it's helping a lot. Of people. Oh my
1: gosh. It's just, it really is. Again, it's one of the, one of three pillars that we just rely on. I've just, i just seen, you know, the evidence over and over and, and over again. Yeah.
0: Okay, Heather, thank you so much for thank being on. Such a great
1: conversation.
0: Yes, I agree. And thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate you and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave bold and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with 3 women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at impact to income.